really understanding why people don't change happens to be in the unconscious. So a lot of people think they need more willpower, they need to push harder, but it's really about getting out of our own way. So we say we want to grow our business, lose weight, call in the relationship, but that's only 5% of our conscious awareness is what creates change, 5%. So how are you with change now? If this is your first time joining, welcome to The Brave Table. I'm your host, Dr. Neetha, and this is your oasis, your destination to be all things just a little bit more brave. And wow, this is 2024. Welcome, welcome. This is the first episode of the year. And I am truly, truly excited and honestly so grateful. We have started this process with you all two years ago. I can't believe it. And two years ago today, we were just filming for the very, very first time. And for those of you who have been with us and who are just kicking off the year, this is your oasis, your destination to be all things just a little bit more brave. And today, my guest, Alyssa Nobriga, is going to be diving deep into why sometimes we don't want to change and what the new year can bring in terms of anxiety, helplessness, hopelessness. And she talks about there are five levels of change and three stages of awareness in case you want to commit to a new you in 2024. Now in this episode, Miss Alyssa Nobriga, who is a renowned speaker, coach, and entrepreneur who's trained thousands under her methodology. And she is founder and CEO of the Institute of Coaching Mastery and holds two master's degrees, one in clinical somatic psychotherapy and another in spiritual psychology. She's been featured in the New York Times, Forbes, Entrepreneur Inc., and highlighted as an expert coach by Deepak Chopra. Her cutting edge work is a unique blend of personal development, healing arts, and business strategy that's reached hundreds of thousands around the world, supporting them in achieving proud transformation from the inside out. Now, today's episode, we dig into why people don't change. And you will so love this if you are on the brink of shedding some old skin, stepping into the new brave you as well as how you are going to shift your 2024. So make sure you share this with a friend. Make sure you buckle up because this first episode of the year is getting quite juicy. So let's welcome Alyssa Nobriga to The Brave Table. Popping in to tell you your exclusive invite to joining me for an exclusive three-day weekend intensive retreat experience with the one and only Sri Sri Ravi Shankar at his Art of Living Center in the incredible oasis of Boone, North Carolina. That is my three-day rise up and fly forward weekend intensive. Now, during this weekend intensive, I invite you to deep dive into the messy moments and the obstacles and the challenges that didn't go as planned. Because in those three days, we are going to navigate and acknowledge the magical moment of suck, recognizing the contributing elements of your bounce factor and how to process them, how to centralize and regulate your nervous system, as well as we will be taking you through different meditations, group discussions, journaling, one-on-one sharing. And this would be your personal retreat with me as your guide to explore and embrace the unexpected magic in the mess and find your joy 
through the chaos of sometimes life's heavy moments. So you'll be able to learn how to overcome your internal blocks to unlock your full potential, rewire your thought patterns and replace outdated beliefs and behaviors, increase your emotional capacity when dealing with stress, develop your own personal blueprint and framework for bouncing back from life's challenges. And whether you are experiencing a transition, dealing with a loss, or simply looking to make real life changes, you will come out of those three days stepping into your now what and creating your next chapter. So Brave Table fam, use this link to book your three-day experience with me for only $350 at the Boone Center in North Carolina. That is meetthebushin.com forward slash events. And that is also linked in the show notes. And now back to the show. Mm. (laughs) Alyssa. Yay. Wow. We're finally doing this. Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, welcome to the Brave Table. Thank you. It is 2024. Yeah. We are here. So you are kicking us off in this new year. And I just want to start out by saying, what are you braving mm. in this next year for mm. yourself? In this maybe next chapter for you? Because you just launched your podcast. Yeah. yeah. Which is super exciting. Yeah. The thing that is most alive for me that I'm braving is to grow with grace Mm. and to live a life that's really aligned. I love growth. I'm, you know, especially the new year, everyone's really excited about their goals. I feel like I'm that way all year long. Like Mm -hmm. I love the process of expansion and coming into alignment to let people support me on the team so that I really stay true to the things that I am uniquely qualified to do. And to let people support me has been an edge for me for a while. So that's one of my New Year's intentions. Uh, Let people support. Yeah. And just to let myself honor the things that are most important in my life. So still have the growth, but be supported in the mundane, the day-to-day with my team specifically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I can do more of the things that I love, which are coaching and speaking and creating and healing, dancing, all of those things. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I feel like your content has been so fire. Yeah. So I want to kind of go and take a step back because your journey started out as a therapist. Yeah. And now you've built, you know, this coaching company. Mm -hmm. So can you take us through how your era was as a therapist and and where did that all stem from Mm -hmm. into kind of the evolution? Take us through that brave journey. Yeah. For some reason, as a kid, I was one of those rare kids that knew exactly what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know the world of coaching and performance. And I knew I wanted to help people. So I wanted to live in the Redwoods and be a healer. But at the same time, I wanted to live in New York City and do marketing. And I didn't think these two parts of me were different. And so I said yes to both of them and not really trying to think about it through my mind, just following the aliveness in my life and became a licensed psychotherapist, specifically in somatic psychotherapy, more body-centered work mm-hmm. and loved that work. But for me, something was missing, a real healing as a change of behavior. Mm-hmm. So how do we change our lives through this work? And so when I would work with people, they would always say, you work differently than other therapists. And I realized once coaching got a bit more popular and I was getting licensed, I also did a master's in spiritual psychology, which is very practical. Right. And I, I was like, oh, this is what I'm here to do, to help people change from the inside out. I've always wanted to empower people with tools. Mm. And 
to navigate life. I didn't understand why I was learning these things in grad school. Why don't we teach them in grade school? Yeah. You know, to navigate our emotions, to question our thoughts, to integrate our nervous system. These things are practical, better than, you know, statistics or whatever else we're learning that may or may not be relevant to our everyday life. And so mm-hmm. one of the reasons I launched the podcast and having a really deep call with inside of me is to create a toolkit for humanity. Mm. So over the 20 years of doing this work to share with people that are hurting or searching for more, here are different tools you can use to navigate this human experience. Because most people are afraid to feel. Mm -hmm. And so they're stuck in their mind overthinking things, creating anxiety and depression and stress. Or they're just living in their emotions on spin cycle and they don't realize that their emotions are created from their thoughts. And so how do you start to navigate your thoughts and question them and live beyond them? So... You know, part of the intention of the podcast and sort of some of the deeper work that I wanted to do is to help people learn practical tools to navigate whatever they want to step into. You know, it's called healing and human potential because as we heal, we step more into our human potential Mm -hmm. and we can live a more aligned life. You said a a lot of things around, even in your work around somatics Mm -hmm. and healing. And I know that so often... And especially as we're kind of getting into the new year with new resolutions and we don't want to take our baggage into this next year. But sometimes people are repeating like some of those same habits. And then that's why we get into like later on in the year where, (laughs) you know, resolutions kind of fizzle out and then we get back into these old habits and then we beat ourselves up. Why do you think... That is a constant. Yeah, it's a great question. And really understanding why people don't change happens to be in the unconscious. So Mm. a lot of people think they need more willpower, they need to push harder, but it's really about getting out of our own way. So we say we want to grow our business, lose weight, call in a relationship, but that's only 5% of our conscious awareness is what creates change. 5%. So if we're saying I have this New Year's resolution and it's not being created, it's because in the 95%, that's what's unconscious. That's what's actually driving us. Mm -hmm. So it's like we have this competing desire, this push-pull, foot on the gas, foot on the brakes. I want it, but I'm scared of it. Mm -hmm. And so if we're not creating the results, we want to get really mindful and slow down to say, what do I fear would happen if I stepped into my goal? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people at first are like, Alyssa, I wouldn't, I have no fear of making more money. It's like, okay, we'll slow it down. Mm. If I make more than, say, $200,000, I fear. And then we just have to listen inside because we have our own answers. But with powerful questions, we can elicit those answers. Mm -hmm. So I was working with a woman who couldn't break past around Mm $200,000. And I asked her this and she's like, at first was like, I have no fear. And then I said, if you make more than $200,000, you fear. And I've actually asked many people this, but she said... I realized that when my parents got a divorce, my mom got a raise. And I subconsciously thought that if I made more money, I wouldn't be have a strong relationship oh, wow. that she had to choose. I've heard other women say I'd emasculate my husband. I wouldn't feel connected to my family because I'd be making more than everyone else and I'd feel ostracized by them. So this kind of upper limit that we hit up against or this unconscious association. And that way, when we see it, sometimes it's just freeing in the seeing of it because we realize, okay, I value having a strong marriage and I value growing my company. Mm -hmm. So how can I now that I see that consciously create goals that honor both and then have examples of other people doing it because the subconscious needs examples Mm -hmm. to know that it's possible. It helps us then create a more conscious plan and that's a lot more easy to create sustainable lasting change. Wow. Okay. And so that's just like kind of like our money mindset examples. Yeah. 
And why is it that like, you know, during, you know, we're seeing kind of all of the weight loss yes. and the let's the fat loss and all of the different fad diets. And I feel like everyone or like culturally, this is we're just conditioned yeah. to think of like our health mm-hmm. in this first phase of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then why do we then so what examples would you give around kind of the health piece? Sure. Of it? I've asked the same question, just to keep it simple. I've asked the same question to a woman that said she was 45 pounds overweight from her doctor. Mm. And I said, what do you fear would happen if you lost the weight? And of course, she didn't fear anything. And I said, if you lost the weight, you fear. And then tears just started rolling down her eyes. And she's like, oh, I actually, she was from India and she had gotten a divorce and she had a lot of shame in her community because of that. And so she had been stuffing her emotions with weight and also not wanting to be attractive to a partner again and have to process some of the grief and being ostracized. And so for her, it was really at the bottom line, it's about protection. Mm -hmm. So these defense mechanisms are just trying to protect us. And if we don't judge them, if we can see that there's wisdom inside of them, maybe not effective ways of moving forward. You, you know, if we want to lose weight, we're not telling ourselves that and then trying to get on the treadmill and just looping and yo-yo dieting. We have these set points for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so if we have a compassionate lens on it, we can see, oh, that was just the part of me that was trying to protect me. Mm. Thank you. And then consciously choose a new pattern. I like goals from the inside out. So being with the part of us that gets scared. Oof. Yes. Really being tender and compassionate. Compassionate is actually productive. So being compassionate with that part or instead of being like, oh, I'm doing that thing again. I'm overeating. Rather than doing that to say, oh, there's a part of me that's scared or there's a part of me that's protecting me. So to fully acknowledge it. Yes. Because you're even putting your hands on uh-huh. your your heart yep. and your womb, which I love and I kind of tend to do that too. So yeah. to really fully feel yourself. That's right. that's right. And to stop yourself and acknowledge yourself yes. in that process. Yes. To change our relationship with the pattern and the block changes the block. Mm. So when it comes up, rather than saying, I'm the person that has this block and I'm judging it, actually when we judge it mm-hmm. and we identify with it, we're further trapped in it. So when we notice it, it comes up, we are compassionate with ourselves for that part that's just trying to protect Mm -hmm. us. We feel into presence with it, and then we consciously choose to do something different. So I'll give you an example with weight or yeah. with health. Sure. So I used to emotionally overeat. I was doing a lot of personal development work and I think it was triggering some of my unprocessed trauma. Mm-hmm. And I would overeat and I was judging myself and it would just create more guilt and then I'd overeat. My thing was chips. So I would just yep. loop yo-yo. Mm-hmm. And I tried something completely different and it changed in a month and it changed for the rest of, Mm -hmm. it hasn't come back. What I did was got out of the right, wrong dynamic. I no longer was judging myself if I was emotionally eating. Mm. I'll share details. So when I would want to emotionally overeat, I took a pen and paper and I did something called freeform writing, right? You just get the emotions out for me when I was emotionally overeating. I'd had to do it really fast so my ego didn't wake up to want to stop. Right. So... I would slow it down and I just told myself for 10 minutes, if I just journal my emotions, get it out, Mm. then I can, after that, bring compassion for any of the judgments I've had of myself. From there, my commitment was only 10 minutes Mm -hmm. to journal. So you'd set like a timer. Set a timer. Just express my emotions rather than eating them. I, I used the channel because I started learning tools that were more effective rather than eating. And all these things are, they're, 
addiction, eating, shopping, any of these things that we use are just trying to help us, but they're not very efficient. So I had an upgrade. And how that looked was after the journaling, I would just breathe compassion into my body. I might do some compassionate Mm self-forgiveness, which sounds like I forgive myself for judging myself as bad for wanting to eat that. Mm -hmm. The truth is that's the best way I knew how to deal with my emotions. It's okay. Mm -hmm. That's a process I learned when I was on faculty at the University of Santa Monica. It's really beautiful. Mm. And then after that, I decided if I wanted to have the chips from having processed the energy, then I was going to do it slowly and mindfully and enjoy those chips. Mm. And then... Like savor it. Yes, every like, single really, chip. Yes, like <laughs> fully. And because I, when I was emotionally overeating, I wasn't enjoying it. I was in guilt and I was right. trying to do it fast. And you were just kind of like stuffing Taking it. Taking it in. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what I did was I just would enjoy it, but I didn't make myself wrong if I ate. And I didn't make myself right if I chose not to have the chips because mm-hmm. I had to get out of the wrong right dynamic, which actually perpetuated the loop. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean by doing the inner work and then taking conscious action. So that can happen with set points with weight, financially, relationally. Oof. How much do I feel worthy of this partnership? Mm. The real sustainable foundational changes have to happen from the inside out. I'd say 80% of the game is an inner game. Mm-hmm. 20% is strategic. Uh. Well, we could geek out on this all day long because like I, I love everything that you're you're sharing. And even when you're even giving us the examples, mm-hmm. you just said 80% is the inner game. Yep. Literally yep. holding yourself. Now, for anybody who has never done somatic work, yeah. is not familiar with somatic work, sure. can you explain what it actually means yeah. because now you know the somatics healing world is now a it's got a name for itself absolutely yeah and i think you know it used to be behavioral change and then mindset was the buzzword mm-hmm. and then unconscious was the buzzword and now somatic is the buzzword and mm-hmm. all of them have their place so i think it's important for us to learn an integrative approach have tools for ourselves or if we're coaches to support our clients with so we can hold that clear and compassionate space and my methodology is around five levels of change. So somatic being one, which I'll share, Mm -hmm. emotional mastery, mindset work, unconscious reprogramming, and behavioral. So that's like the strategic. Mm -hmm. To me, when we want to change a core pattern, something that's been operating for a while, maybe worthiness, not feeling worthy, we want to do it with an integrative approach because some people, again, get stuck in their minds Mm -hmm. and they loop and they because they don't feel safe to feel their feelings. They've not learned that they can actually just feel something for 90 seconds and it moves through the body. Right. Right. Neuroscientists have found that. That's all we need. That's all we need. All we need, 60 to 90 seconds. Yes. And most people haven't learned that. And so they think if I feel that, I'm never going to get out. Mm -hmm. And so that's the resistance. So it's safer to be in their mind. So none of these things are bad. But having an integrative approach because other people really get lost in their emotions and then they don't really live their life. And so we want to have a balance. We want to have the right tools to navigate these things more easily. So soma, somatic, soma means body. Mm -hmm. And the body, the somatic work is the unconscious. There's other ways to access the unconscious, but you know, it's like if you aren't aware of it, life will present you and show you oh, where yeah. you're not aware. Oh, yeah. right? And so, in certain places in the body, or even in people. the body, or in your life experience. Got it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, if it's like, yeah, I'm doing fine. So, for me, how I got into somatics work. So, I was, I just got um, a master's in spiritual psychology, and I was telling myself this story that I was living my best life. I was doing so good as I was opening the fridge to emotionally overeat. 
And I had a moment where I just woke up realizing the disconnect between my mind and my body. Mm. And so my body was telling me a different story. And so that's why in session with clients or when you're talking to somebody and they're like, yeah, I'm doing just fine. And they're rubbing their neck and it feels like there's a disconnect. Whereas if you just slow down and get mindful and have yourself or your client do this, they're going to reveal images, insights, memories that go with this gesture of putting your hand behind your neck Mm. so that they can have more awareness of what's unconsciously playing out. We want to become conscious first, right? The first step is becoming aware. Uh So when I had that moment of waking up with the disconnect of the, in the fridge, when I was like, I'm doing fine opening, you know, the fridge. <laughs> doing fine. Living my best that's life. That's why I'm like <laughs> overeating. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So I knew I wanted to learn about the mind-body connection. I went back to get a second master's degree in, in somatic psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. And that work was profound. That There's so much to unpack in that work. And I think that's now starting to become the buzzword. But really, one of the most beautiful things about somatic work is you don't need to know the story mm-hmm. to heal it. You don't need to know the story to integrate it into your nervous system. And some of the most important work we do when we talk about healing and really about human potential is feeling safe Mm -hmm. and learning how to regulate our nervous system and knowing about trauma so that, I mean, everybody has trauma. And I think the reason why people talk about trauma and somatic work Mm -hmm. is because if we don't know what our trauma is and it's stored in the body and it becomes more obvious and clear to us, it will happen through doing somatic work oftentimes because it wasn't safe for us to remember it. And so the body held it until we did feel safe enough to process and integrate it. To process and and maybe hopefully even release it. Exactly. So can you give us examples of how, if you're taking somebody through somatics in these five stages, the second piece is the, or the first piece is the somatic work. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. So part of my methodology is awareness, acceptance, and then aligned action. Mm -hmm. Within the acceptance stage, that's where the five levels are Mm -hmm. because we want to bring acceptance to the sensations in the body. Mm -hmm. We don't want to get stuck about the story. We want to drop into the sensation. So if we have, if somebody is a talker and they are just stuck in their story, we want to ask them, what does that feel like in the body? Where is that sensation being held? So that they start bringing mindfulness down out of their head into their body. So maybe it lives in their chest. And you can use the mind to start distracting them a little bit to get even more present with how big is it? Does it have a color? Are there memories? What goes with that? And they're going to have their own answers, but we have questions that we can ask our clients or friends to help elicit their own wisdom. Mm -hmm. And so with somatic work, you want to presence the energy that you weren't able to be with in the past because Mm -hmm. the body is storing all of that and the stress and the anxiety, especially if you're brave in your life and you're an entrepreneur or you're going for your dreams, you're going to be pushing yourself outside your window of your outside of your comfort zone. And so you want to learn these tools to learn how to navigate your nervous system and feel your center Mm -hmm. for peak performance. Otherwise, you're just going to be dysregulated all the time and then you'll use some of the old coping mechanisms like the overeating because I was totally like that too. My thing was like the cashew butter. And yeah. I would eat the whole thing. And I'm like, but it's healthy. <laughs> yeah. It's healthy. And I'm going to go on my treadmill a later thousand on. Calories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'll be on the treadmill for two yeah. hours. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and, mechanism. It, exactly. And I used to think, how do people do it? I don't understand how people do it without these tools. But then yeah. I realized addiction, which is like the best ways we've known how to take care of ourselves. And it's so interesting because recently I was with like a very prominent, you know, CEO. He's created some such amazing things. And his wife was like, Can you just, you know, help me and, and my husband? Yeah. Mostly it was like my husband. I'm like, well, <laughs> uh, if he is not open to That's it. Right. Or just not going to get very far, right. but I can share and talk like a friend. Yeah. And it was just met with resistance yeah. and resistance and emotions are a mental construct. Yeah. We create this. We're yeah. all particles. Yeah. And, you know, just went to a conversation of physics <laughs> and could not drop yeah. into the body because yeah. he was just so mentally there. But obviously, like I had to even put my hand, I'm like, can I just mm-hmm. like bring down the energy and put my hand on your, yeah. on your chest. You know, no, it's just like, let's see where, how are you feeling like right now Yeah, here? Yeah. And let's breathe together. And it was just taking that pause. And it's scary and vulnerable mm. for people to do that. I think that they're scared to slow down because they're afraid of what they'd be confronted with if they did. Mm. And so it's safe to be in the mind and have a big intellect. So what I would say is for people that the somatic work is powerful for everyone. And especially people that are anxious, that are fearful, stressed out. Mm -hmm. Also people that have done a lot of personal development work and they know all the things, quote unquote. They're like, I know all of my psychology. It's like psychoanalysts. They they can talk about it for days, but knowing doesn't change it. And so the other people that I find somatic work really helpful is strong intellectuals because it's a back door where you don't need to know to presence the energy, but you do have to be willing. Mm -hmm. You do have to be willing. And in my eyes, there's two ways to live. We can either try to manipulate, control, manage life so that then we only feel certain things, which doesn't work because we don't have control. Or a more empowering way is to learn to stretch the capacity to be with the range of our human experience, be with uncomfortable sensations, and let them pass through the body. Mm. Because if avoiding worked, I'd be all for it, but it doesn't. (laughs) So it's like, okay, why not be proactive to just heal or resolve any of that energy so we don't keep projecting it onto this same face, different partner, and or the pattern in you know, with our staff at work or in our whatever the thing is in our life, we keep projecting it. And so... I think of it as being proactive so that I can live more open-hearted, more open-minded, freer, mm. younger, and enjoy it. Oh, I mean, it's the best, best case scenario. <laughs> best case scenario. <laughs> best case scenario. Okay, so... And it's brave. Yeah. And it's brave. Yeah. It's like, it's brave to do this work because it's uncomfortable, mm. but it's more uncomfortable to avoid it. People just haven't caught up to that. It's more uncomfortable to avoid it. Yeah. People yeah. think it's hard to feel that. And I say, it's actually not hard to feel a feel and a feeling. It's hard to avoid it. So even as people are listening, like to find a contraction in our body right now, maybe in the belly, mm. the heart, the shoulders, wherever it is. And to take a moment to just drop your awareness into that sensation in the body, not thinking about it, but just to kind of close your eyes if you're not driving, to just breathe acceptance into that contraction, just to say, you're welcome here. If it's anxiety, if it's resistance, it's like, you're welcome here. Just for this moment, to breathe and open to it. Mm. And just presencing it, actually being with it. Mm. It starts to dissipate. Mm. easy that took 10 seconds and that's it 
And when we had more time, we would go deeper into it, but avoiding it actually makes it bigger. It postpones it. And so when people really start waking up to that, they're going to be more proactive to do the work so that we can live more free. Right. Because then you have that freedom of emotional eating or freedom of the abundance that you can actually create in your life, freedom of attracting the person that you've been wanting. And this year, 2024, it's that year. That's right. Hello there, love. Are you ready to take your soul-led business to the next level? Maybe you recently got certified in your coaching career, or maybe you just want to start that business, or maybe you already started, but you need help in taking action and accountability to get to that next level in your career. Love, I got you. I'm so excited to share the latest business course by Highest Self Institute, the Soul Business Mastery, led by me and my co-founder, Sahara Rose. And we have over 20 years of soul-led business entrepreneurship under our belts and have built thriving seven-plus-figure businesses for ourselves and for others. And we want to help you get there too. You'll learn everything from creating soul-aligned offers to getting clear on your niche, where to find your clients, and the marketing that you need to create a thriving and sustainable business in 2024. And if you are ready to take your soul biz to the next level, then you can check out Soul Business Mastery at highestselfinstitute.com. And I will share the link in the show notes. We are offering this program for a very limited time and doors close on January 15th at midnight. So be sure to save your spot. I cannot wait to see you inside to uplevel your business. Now back to the show. So I love how you've structured, you know, kind of your modality. I mean, mm-hmm. you've obviously done so much work and have literally been devoted your life yeah. to not only, you know, the psychology around it, but you know, the, the the depths of the different ways that we can heal. Mm-hmm. So what are the three stages of awareness yeah. that, you know, because I feel like one is the presencing that you've been talking about, but where else is that on our journey of like, you know, creating habits, new habits and new change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love the three stages of awareness that you're speaking about. So this is something that I just came up with because people that were just new to doing the work would be like, oh my God, it's worse now that I'm doing the work. And I want to give this context because it's it's like, keep going. I promise you it gets better. You just got (laughs) to stay with it. So this three levels of awareness was the first stage is what I would just say is unawareness. So these are people who aren't doing the work where they think they're just on their couch being pro but they're less aware, less willing. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody has their own stage. We want to honor people's process. Stage one is being really unaware, Mm -hmm. unconscious living. Stage two is when you're starting to wake up to all the programming that has driven your behaviors, your actions, and you think, oh my God, I have so many problems. All I have is is issues. And it gets harder. And that's when we look back to stage one, we're like, ignorance was bliss. I want to go back, but we can't become unaware. Like once we've gotten to stage two. So what I want to tell people that are in stage two is because these stages happen with any new habit and behavior change. Mm -hmm. And so what I want to say is stay with it. I promise you it gets Mm -hmm. better. It does. If you just stay with it and you're compassionate with yourself. 
And, and so, it's like, you can't unknow what you know. You can't unknow what you know. And you don't want to, truly. Right. You don't want to. Right. Yeah. Because as you continue moving forward and doing the work, stage three is really about becoming more awake to the pattern and living beyond it. And this is where there's space between you and that old coping mechanism mm-hmm. or that old pattern. And it doesn't bother you so much because you have the space. You have the permission to choose. Sometimes it's still there, but you don't mind that it's there right. because it's not dominating your perspective. It's You're not living out of that perspective anymore. And then after a while, it does end. It does transition. It does move on. So maybe in this new year, as you're moving forward towards your goals, you want to, whatever it may be, relational, health, financial, you're moving towards it. Everything, this is why I love coaching so much, Mm -hmm. is because everything that's held you back does come up while you're moving towards that goal. Mm. But those blocks are not in the way. They are the way. They are stepping stones to get you to where you want to go if you learn how to transform them. I love that you just said they're not in the way. They are the way. They are the way. Yeah. Mm. So like common blocks would be people-pleasing, perfectionism, self-doubt, procrastination. Like these are some really common things. So if as people are going towards their goals for 2024 and one of these comes up, we want to look at how is procrastination trying to serve me? How is it trying to protect me? It usually comes back to safety and protection. And so rather than trying the outside-in approach, it's like, well, how do I be with procrastination, either somatically, mentally, behaviorally, right? We want to have a more integrative approach like I was sharing in, in my methodology. How do I be with that differently so that I can transform it and it doesn't take me out of the game? Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing is as you start to integrate that in your life, you still move towards your goals throughout the years and it's easier to hit your goals because the same blocks come up, but now you're more wise to how to work them. Yeah. And you're not resisting it. That's right. And so the power of acceptance is everything. Even if we accept resistance, it's no longer here. And one of the things that I call the paradox of transformation is a somatic practice that is, I would say, one of the most profound. And it's realizing the very thing that we are avoiding holds the key to what we deeply desire. Mm. So if we want to be more brave, Mm. we embrace fear. Mm. If we want to feel more worthy, we embrace unworthiness. Mm. If we want to live more free, we embrace stuck. Mm. So ironically, by and it's not an embrace it, meaning on the somatic level would be to feel this sensation of fear in my body with presence. Yeah bring it in. So maybe that's in my solar plexus, my core, and I presence that. You may give voice to it. You may move it. You may sound it. There's different ways to express it so that it integrates and resolves in our nervous system. Mm-hmm. And so the only thing that I would mention though that is important around is around trauma, mm-hmm. just to give people context. So yes, yeah. yes, because trauma informed everything is like obviously the other big buzzword. Yes. And so let's talk about that. I'm so happy that it's a buzzword because I think there's a lot of people doing work that aren't trauma-informed and it's really important that we are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I became a therapist, I had to do 3,000 hours of almost unpaid internship. I got two master's degrees. It was a long journey. Bless that field. I'm very grateful for it. I love coaching Mm -hmm. and yet there's no real board. And I highly recommend that coaches get certified and trained. They can hold compassionate space. Mm -hmm. And that's important work. So there's something called the window of tolerance. And so that because if anybody's doing somatic work, they want to, I think all service providers that are doing this kind of work need to be trauma informed. But 
Well, the window of tolerance is really when something, it ha- we have big T trauma. They call it little T trauma, big T trauma. Everyone has trauma. I mean, just g- getting into this world is traumatic. Like everyone's got trauma. <laughs> we <right>? all got it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and it's not necessarily about what happened. It's about how our body processed it. Right. So some one person could have trauma from something that we don't think is traumatic, whereas another person could have gone through a traumatic situation and don't hold trauma. Mm-hmm. So there's so much research behind this. And I think it's great for people to dive into. But the window of tolerance is when we want to stay within, talk about essentially being able to help people presence a sensation without getting sucked into the past and looping in that trauma. So if we can't be with a sensation with presence, with love, oftentimes the simplicity is it's out of the window of tolerance. So anyone with big T trauma needs to see a trauma specialist or go to a psychotherapist. Coaches aren't qualified to work with trauma. And I think it's important to know. Yep. And so being able to hold space for somebody or us learning our own tools to navigate life is going to be important. But we want to have the safety first before we really start going into the body where any of this stored past stuff can come up. We want to have a resource. So oftentimes I'll ask people, who do you feel most loved by? Who did you feel safe? Or maybe it's a four-legged friend or a place in nature and help them really tune into that as an anchor that they can come back to if anything comes up so they're not kind of paralyzed or stuck in the past. Right. And I've just seen kind of things that go wrong if people are trying to from a place of, but I just want to help. Yeah. And, but they, then things can kind of go awry and go downhill. So we want to make sure that we're actually making safe decisions and actually creating a safe space for it. Yes. Yeah. Getting training, being well-educated, doing our own work. Yeah. I mean, I make my coaches do the work so that mm-hmm. they not only enhance their life, but then they can hold that safe and compassionate space for their clients. Like there's a level of confidence when we've done our work. Oftentimes also when we face a fear, it's like the Wizard of Oz, you pull the curtain, it's not that big. Mm-hmm. It actually gets bigger by running from it. And so to have your space held for us helps us discover, especially if we're moving outside our comfort zones, that it is safe. We can regulate our nervous systems, like go for your dreams. It's the water's warm. And then we can hold that space for our clients the same. Mm. And there's a confidence in that. And that trust is built between that relationship, which then you can go deeper, but within the window of tolerance for sure. Yeah. This has been such a amazing episode to start the new year, by the way. And I know that you have so many amazing courses and trainings for people who want to actually do this work for themselves. And also if they want to make a career out of this. And so can you tell us where, before we get into our fun igniting round (laughs) to close this out, uh, where can we get more of Alyssa? Yeah, beautiful. So alyssanobriga.com or on Instagram at alyssanobriga. I've got a five-day boot camp coming up for people. Oh my gosh. This is a confidence and clients boot camp and it's free and it just gives people tools, somatic tools. I actually do one tool a day oh, on perfect. all five levels. Perfect. And so it's all about building confidence within ourselves. Are you doing it live? I'm is doing it, it live. Okay, yeah, great. doing it live. And it's free and it's, you know, it's powerful. Literally, this can help you start the new year off strong. And it's whether you want to do the work for yourself or you want to get trained to be a coach in any niche at any level, whether you're new or seasoned. And it just helps you just live and start the new year off strong. I think immersions are powerful and then having integration afterwards. Yeah. So I'll talk about my certification program from there. It's so beautiful. Ah, Amazing. Amazing. Okay. 
So our final igniting round. Okay, Are you it. ready? Yes, ready. Okay. So what practices are elevating you mm. as we start the new mm. year? Yeah. I love dance. I will always love yeah. dance. <laughs> I also do inquiry. I question my beliefs every Sunday at 10 a.m. Oh, wow. For the last five years. Every Sunday Every at 10 Sunday. Okay. Because this is like taking out the trash. So I don't let it build up. Certain mm-hmm. things that may have caused stress, and it could be subtle and simple, but then I realize it's it roots back to something deeper. And as I keep chiseling away at that, mm-hmm. I live more open-minded. I live more free. So I do inquiry work where I question my beliefs, mindset work. I love meditation as well. Mm-hmm. Moving my body, friends, community, nature, those oh, things. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Since you're a mama, I can ask you this. Yeah. What advice do you have for mamas when they are in the thickness mm. of chaos? Yeah. To prioritize taking care of yourself. Because I know it's easy to say, take care of the kids and the kids will follow suit. When you take care of yourself, it teaches them Mm. that they can take care of themselves. You know, when people, when I was a therapist, they would try to send their kids to go to therapy. And we were always like, no, actually it's the parents. The kids are just a reflection. So as we take care of ourselves, it's actually in service to our children. Mm. So good. One word that describes the season of life. Alignment. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. I feel like we can go on and on and on, Alyssa. And your voice is so soothing. Thank you. I don't you. know if people have said <laughs> your yeah, yeah, like yeah. ASMR voice. Maybe that's the, very sexy. The, the next I level. Know. My meditations put a lot of people to sleep. It's great. It works great for kids. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> no idea. I'm so glad we did this. Me too. Thank you for yeah. being brave with me on the brave table. Yeah, and I I heard your question about brave, mm-hmm. the how you define that. I love that as an inquiry. Can I share? Absolutely. Yeah, my definition of brave is doing what's in alignment but uncomfortable. Mm. It's so profound yet so simple and so important and so important. And it's one of the reasons why even you know I tell people let's sit in the sock. Let's yeah. sit in the sock. You're Let's so good. bathe in the sock. Yeah. And maybe we can do more of being okay with being uncomfortable this I, year. I think that would change people's life if they really realize that in that fertilizer is rich soil for the life that they want. Thank you for the work you're doing. Mm. Thank you for the way that you show up, for the way that you show up for thousands of people that come into your doors. And obviously, I feel like you're the truest embodiment of everything that has to do with increasing human potential. And so you're such a gift, love. Love you. Thanks, honey. Love you. (laughs) Until next time on The Brave Table. All right, we are back to the other side. Now, please go ahead and connect with Alyssa Nobriga at... Alyssa Nobriga on Instagram. Her website is Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A-N-O-B-R-I-G-A.com. And for the Institute of Coaching Mastery, it's AlyssaNobriga.com forward slash apply now. And she is giving us a freebie that you can get to jumpstart your 2024. It is linked in the show notes. And if you are curious to dive deeper into change, change management for the new year, how to redefine yourself in the new year. We have three episodes to continue on that journey with you also in the show notes. And I just want to say, welcome, welcome. This is your destination here. And I'm so excited to begin this new journey 
chock filled with so many incredible guests and even diving deeper into your bravery, into whatever that means to you. So thank you so much for tuning in week after week. And don't forget to be just a little bit more brave. We'll see you next time.